Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Hometown Roofing Pop and Pony Podcast presented by Hometown Roofing. Put your trust in us and powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Here's Bob Pompiani from KDKA-TV and Andrew Filipponi from 93.7 The Fan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Pomp and Pony podcast. We're honored to have with us this week a man who never has a day off. That would be the president of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mr. David Morehouse. And, David, it's this time of the year again. You guys have been here 15 straight years. It's quite remarkable, that streak, and I know that has to be a source of pride for you guys. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, this is the best time of the year. Uh, spring's in the air. Uh, we won our division. Uh as you said, the 15th consecutive year for the playoffs, uh, which is really unprecedented, especially in the salary cap era. I mean, the salary caps were created to prevent this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's, t- it's a testament to the players we have, the leadership among that group, and uh, the ownership and what they put into the team uh, that we've been able to maintain this playoff streak. And uh, we're happy to be back. We're where we belong. David, from your perspective, what was the key to extending that streak to 15 uh, seasons this year? I think the key this year was the, the overcoming the, the, the adversity that the team was struck with. It reminds me a lot of the 16 team. Okay. Uh, beginning of the season, almost our entire defensive core was out. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we were, we, we were going to make a trade where we were trying to figure out how to fly a guy in from Edmonton to get to the game that that that, that very night in in uh, New York, and so so we we were we were we would have only only gone with four defensemen if we hadn't gotten our fifth up from Wilkes. But but so it was it was uh, you know it was pretty much touch and go there for a while when we had all those injuries on the backside, mm-hmm. and then we got people when Dumoulin came back and people started getting healthy, then we had the forwards started going down. So, uh, so I think what we ended up with was just like in 16, you know, instead of bringing one person up from Wilkes-Barre or off the taxi squad, you know, we had groups of people. So instead of having a rookie in the corner, you know, all by himself, 
he's with a group of people he's been working with, and there's a little more confidence, and and they become more part of the team. And and I think it created depth that I haven't seen here uh, since 2016 and 17. So I think uh, the adversity of the injuries. Uh, I think the additional adversity of, you know, dealing with all the different uh, uh, pandemic protocols and, and them having to come together as a team in order to not bring it into the locker room and still uh, go home, still have a home life and, and all that. I think that brought them together, and I think that was the key. Another key is uh, getting more speed. I know that uh, that was an offseason, it seems like, a requirement for you guys after two straight early exits, and that couldn't have sat uh, well with you. So Jim made some some deals, and you, it seemed like you, you're comparing 16, but this, this team here has a lot more speed than I think uh, maybe the last two had combined. Um, can you talk about that and how important is that for the game? Yeah, J- Jim, Jim had, you know, his plan was any any deal he made, he, he would want – to bring in a younger and faster player. Interesting. So that, that, that was his philosophy, and he did that. He made some really, really good moves. And as you know, this very much is the, is, is the team he put together. Uh, with Berkey and Hex, when they came in, some of your best moves are the moves you don't make. Yeah, agreed. So, I mean, they came in, saw what they saw, and they brought in Jeff Carter. And the one question they had for L.A. when, when they were talking to him, and, and, and Hex knows Carter very well, having worked with him in Philly and in L.A., mm-hmm. the question was, does he still have his speed? And as we saw, he still has his speed. So uh, I think that, that was a key acquisition, especially with the Malkin injury, uh, being able to have him step in. And I think he's been good for some of our younger players, in particular uh, Jared McCann. I think he's kind of taken Jared under his wing. Uh, and I think you're seeing the, the fruit of that labor and, and how McCann's been scoring and finding open spaces. And, and he plays well with, with Carter. Uh, and, 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 and then, you know, Kapanen, you know, is, is as fast as they come. Uh, Matheson's, a, you know, one of the fastest defensive skaters that we've seen. So I, I think, yeah, we've brought in, a lot, a lot of speed in, and uh, and we're really deep. Yeah, and and the coach, you know, is proven. I mean, uh, Coach Sullivan and his staff have, you know, put all all these different pieces together in a way that has, you know, produced a division winner uh, for a team that a lot of people were saying before the season may may not make the playoffs. I mean, I I, I read the paper, I listen to the radio. I know there is some some doubters out there, but but uh, I think I think uh, the combination of things uh, put us in a really good position, and and especially with home ice. I mean, we're the best record in the NHL on home ice, uh, and we're looking forward to it. David, is there anything outside of what you just shared there about Hextall's relationship with Carter and how that was probably instrumental? and getting that deal done. I mean, he's been such a revelation for you guys down the stretch here. Is there anything else you can share with the two of us about how that trade happened? Because I had somebody say to me, like, two days after the trade, like, there were some GMs in the league that didn't even know that Carter was available because they just figured he wanted to stay in L.A. and ride it out there and retire and live in Southern California for the rest of his life and kind of ride off into the sunset that way. So 
What else can you add to that trade, which has proven so far to be a very good one for the Penguins? Well, I, I wasn't involved in the discussions, but, mm-hmm. but I heard the same things you heard. And I can just assume that because of Hex's relationship with Jeff uh, and, and maybe, you know, it could have been a call from our captain, who knows. But uh, we're glad he decided to come. Yeah. And, and he was comfortable right away, fit really well into the locker room. Uh, we knew enough about him to know that he wasn't going to be a disruption uh, that he was going to be an, an, addition, an add-on, a positive add-on. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I heard those same things, that he, he, did, he wanted to stay in L.A., and next thing I know, <laughs> Berkey and Hex are telling me we're, we're making a move for him. So uh, <laughs> I think they did an excellent job. And, and like I said, yeah. they, they also did an excellent job in not making other moves. True. Uh, I think that's huge. I think sometimes a new guy coming in, you know, he, he wants, wants to put his fingerprints yeah, on things. Why Bob. wouldn't you? You know, oh, I'm going to make a deal. But but I think that's a testament to how he manages. But you mentioned something about maybe if Crosby got – who's going to turn down Sidney Crosby? You've been here the whole time, and I'm just curious how, you know, the fact that Sidney Crosby is – such a tremendous leader. He never does anything but the right thing. Yeah. In what this did day Pierre and age, call him the most disrespected. Yeah, disrespected guy. In which I don't understand. I do, and I don't understand it. But I mean, the guy just does everything that a management team I think would want. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you don't take that for granted, David. No, he he he's the hardest working player on our team. Wow. And when, when new guys come in, whether they're coaches, players, staff, the first thing they notice is how hard he practices. And that, that was the one thing that Berkey said to me the first time he saw the Pens practice. He said, that guy practices at full speed. Those are the highest intense practices I've seen. So, so it starts with his worth ethic. We also know that every year in the offseason, he picks something to improve. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's better at it. And, 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 and so you have the best player in the world, and, and every year he's picking a way to get better. I remember what, the first time he played against Connor McDavid and he came into the building and after the game, I, I was leaving late and I was walking through the training room and he was in there with our trainer. Uh, and, and he was trying to work on drills on how to get lower on his stride because he saw how McDavid skated. I mean, I mean, he, he instantly, like the first time he ever faced him, so I think he's always looking for ways to improve. That's the kind of player you want. Uh, you know, Mary used to tell stories when Sid was young and still living with him. Mary would stop in the suite after a game, have a glass of wine, get home, and Sid would be in the couch on his, in his pajamas watching NHL Tonight. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so, so it's, those rumors are true. <laughs> He's, he, he works really hard. Uh, that work ethic commands respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really good, especially since he, as he's gotten older, with younger players and taking the leadership role, taking responsibility, making the phone calls. Uh, and, and it's invaluable. And, and think about this. 15 years consecutive, longest streak in professional sports, in North America, and we're Pittsburgh. Like the, these guys, all could have left after their UFA yeah. year. Yeah, true. I, 
I mean, I mean, most other places in other sports, players get the, to the, their unrestricted free agency year. They decide to go somewhere else. I mean, now we're salary cap, but there's other things that they get, you know, other perks and things they get if they go to New York or Toronto or Montreal. Uh, our players all chose to stay here, and they chose to stay here for less. And Sidney Crosby could have made a lot more money going somewhere else, but he chose to stay in Pittsburgh. And that tells players coming in a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, what it says is you have, you have a captain that believes in the city and believes in a team and believes in the fans, but you have an ownership group who have never said no to anything that uh, any of the GMs, Jim Rutherford, Brian Burke, and, and Hex, and, and – Ray Shiro before them, or me, have asked them on how to make the team better, whether it's building a new practice facility, the state-of-the-art in Cranberry, UPMC Lemieux, Mm -hmm. whether it's bringing different types of science into the locker room. uh, They've never never said no. I mean, anything to make the team better. And that's the perfect kind of environment that allows for a team in a city the size of Pittsburgh – to have this record of 15 consecutive playoff bursts. Yeah. yeah. It's the Hometown Roofing Pop and Pony podcast powered by Bowser Chevrolet. David, I'm wondering if you can be candid with us about the transition now that the playoffs are starting. So things are going to change for you guys for game two in terms of the fan experience, right? Can you tell us about like how many fans you expect for these for the games in the maybe the, the later part of this first round and – do you think that things could even expand out if you guys are fortunate enough to have a long playoff run? Tell us about that if you could. Yeah, I mean, it, it's things are changing so fast. It could be we could hang up and it's all different. I mean, it, it's you know the CDC came out with new guidelines yesterday, as everyone knows. Uh, the president made a statement on it. Now we still have two governing bodies, the state of Pennsylvania and the NHL, that are going to require masks. Uh, at least for game one and game two. Uh, and we have a limit on capacity based on state regulations for game two uh, and game one. So game one will be 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to stick with what we've been doing at 25%. Uh, mask crowd, employees will be masked. Uh, game two on Tuesday, the 18th, we're moving to 50% capacity uh, and the same thing. Now, between now and Tuesday, <laughs> things may change. So, uh, but right for right now, that's where it is. Uh, I don't know if we have the capacity to, to go from 50 to 100 in, in that short of a time, the way that the seats are manifested and the way we try to have them spaced out. But we're we're looking to try to go to 100% by game three, or maybe game five. Uh, and we're working, you know, simultaneously with the state and the NHL. Uh, we're actually on a call uh, right now, some of the other staff. One's on a call with the state, and one's on a call with the NHL legal department. So we're, we're, we're reviewing this as we go. And, I mean, it's it sounds like... Uh, you know, what the CDC saying is if you if you've been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Uh, now, how, how you tell the difference? Yeah, that's the problem. That that's that's the problem. 
so it's so that's why we're, we're we're looking at this hard. It's complicated. Sure, we're sticking with the plan for game one and two, but but we're excited about the possibility of going to one hundred percent. Not not for not for the second round, for for the fir- for the first round if we go to a game five, and a game seven. So that's what we're working towards. I mean, our goal last week was to get to fifty percent this week, uh, and we were able to do it. He just the arbitrary date yeah. that the governor put out, you know, helped the seventy sixers but didn't help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a day, you know, Sixers play on the fifteenth. Uh, or I think on the I'm sorry they play on the uh, on the 16th. Uh, but anyway, the Sixers took precedent I think, and the rule was made around their schedule rather than ours. So that's why we had to stay at 25% capacity. I think they open on the 17th. Gotcha. I think uh, that's a wonderful asset for the Penguins because I know their fan base is chomping at the bit to get back, but also home ice is big. You guys have had a great record, and to bring people in, if you get to 100%, uh, that's going to only help. I'm just curious also, David, do you guys have uh, discussions with the league moving forward about what happens with Canada and the reseeding process? I know it's different up there, but it has they're to be factored zero fans, in. right? I mean, there's still zero fans, yeah, and they're all. I mean, they're they're totally in a different stage of shutdown or whatever. What happens? After this division round, and then you guys got to reseed and the Canadian team from that division. We, we have no idea. <laughs> Just to be completely <laughs> honest with you, I figured like, it's a tough one to, to try like, to figure like, out. Like, like we, we have no idea what they're thinking. Yeah. Uh, and and frankly, you know, we're just worried about our series right now with sure. the Islanders, and 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 you know, as as crazy as this year's been. If we've learned anything, it's that, you know, you have to be ready for change constantly and you have to be able to pivot. So we focus on what we can control and what we can focus on. And then but I heard uh, yesterday that their vaccination rate in Canada was up near 40 percent, which is a long way from where it was last week. So it looks like they're they're getting better at distributing vaccinations uh so who knows but <laughs> but right now there you're right there's no fans uh there would be no way to go up there and quarantine a u.s team uh i don't know why they want to play at home in front of no fans yep uh but but you know that's that's up to the canadian teams whoever whoever wins that division Hey, David, we like on this podcast to sometimes get into the personality of the people that we're talking to. And yeah. so I'm interested in, in this uh, in this from you. You've been so successful with the Penguins. You've been a part of three Stanley Cup championships. Um, give our listeners uh, a tip to succeed in the business world. You know, we might have younger people that are going from college to the real world or even people that are in their 30s that are trying to be successful in whatever they do. Give us something that maybe they can apply to whatever they're looking to do or trying to do in life. Well, I don't know if it'd be advice, but I can tell you what happened to me. Make a lot of mistakes early. <laughs> okay, it's the best way to learn. <laughs> All right, but 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 if you if you if you kind of rationalize that a little bit, mm-hmm. it's you know, and I, I I talk to students every once in a while. It's like when you graduate from college, you know, you talk to college seniors. They they want to they want a job that they feel is fulfilling they're doing something good they're making good money it's their dream job uh 
And what I always say back is, you know, you may have to pay the rent. So your first job might not be like, that's a lifelong goal to find your passion. Yeah. So your first job, you may be working with someone that you don't like. You may have a boss that is someone that you hate, but don't look at those experiences as bad experiences. Learn from those experiences. They're the best learning tools. And I remember when I was in graduate school, I had to write a bad boss paper. And I, I, and I remember how much I learned from that just by kind of going through the bosses I thought, you know, that I had worked for through the years. And I've had many jobs. I started at 14 working for the doggery, Hank's Doghouse on West Liberty Avenue, making hot dogs. And I was a parking lot attendant. And I, you know, I was a locker room attendant at the European Health Spa when I was in high school. So I, I had... I, 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 you know, I was a boilermaker. I was a welder. I mean, so I've, I've had a kind of a, a not a non-traditional path to my current position. But the one thing that has been consistent and I think has helped me is every job I had, uh, I used it as a learning experience, and I turned negative situations into positives. Uh, like when I was hit with the steel beam when I was a boilermaker. I mean, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me up in my life up to that time. And I turned it into a positive and went back to college. Uh, so I think if, if I were talking to young people today, it's, uh, you know, have your dream, but, but don't forget about the bank shot. Hmm. Like sometimes it's going to take a little bit of other things to happen before you get to that dream. And for me, it was a long winding path. So, uh, you know, the Robert Frost poem, A Road Less Traveled, yeah. I mm-hmm. definitely took it. <laughs> yeah, but the road ends in your hometown doing this for your team. That's got to be a tremendous part of your equation. I want to get back to something you said earlier because you said Mario had a glass of wine and then Sydney was home in his pajamas. But the <laughs> wine connoisseur that Mario is, is that That's what off? you gravitated towards, oh, the I, wine I, I heard the wine comment. I want to go, David, have you upgraded your <laughs> wine experience and what you prefer? Because I know Mario's got some high taste. <laughs> now, Mario does two things I don't do. One is golf. He does two things well I don't do. One is golf, yeah. and the other is, is, is he's a wine connoisseur. So... Uh, you know, coming from Beachview, we didn't have a lot more than <laughs> when I was growing up, uh, you know, uh, uh, unscrewable bottles. <laughs> so, so, so I, no, I have not become a wine connoisseur, but uh, I have adm- come to admire the grace and class that Mario brings to the organization and his generosity that he brings to the community. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he's given millions of dollars to cancer research, neonatal care, uh, all in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And he's, he chose to stay here. Another tribute to Pittsburgh. Uh, these guys cha- choose to stay here to play for a reason. And, you know, someone like Mary Lemieux, who could go anywhere he wants, choose, choose, chose Pittsburgh to raise his kids. Yeah. And uh, so I think, I think uh, you know, I, I've been, you know, Having the ownership group, the combination of him and Ron Burkle, and Ron Burkle's business sense, and uh, you know, from thirty thousand feet, even looking at hockey stuff and asking a question that that you know maybe when you're too close to a situation you wouldn't ask, it it allowed us to to have the kind of outside of the box thinking 
that brought us three Stanley Cups. And, and I think, you know, that success is largely due to the ownership of the team uh, and the fan base. I mean, our fan base has been tremendous. I mean, we, we Pittsburgh's a football town. Or it'll always be a football town. But I remember coming back from my first uh, Board of Governors meetings and hearing t- uh, other mid-sized markets say, you know, it's not a native sport. And I remember asking our staff, well, let's make it a native sport. And uh, this year we had uh, 11 local teams went to nationals, uh, six, seven uh, AAA, six Penza Elite teams, the S Mark Stars, and then five Tier Two teams. Hmm. So, you know, us giving equipment away 12 years ago is paying dividends now when you see the quality of hockey players coming out of Pittsburgh. And, and we're, we're recruiting hotbed. I mean, uh, colleges from all over the country come here to recruit players. The, the Canadian juniors are at our UPMC Lemieux rank every day. Do one more uh, trying to talk kids out of going to college and coming up to the OHL. So, so uh, I think, uh, you know, that experience, having that support from ownership and, and having, you know, knowing Pittsburgh like I do, like when we – when we were looking at other markets, when we knew we couldn't stay here without a new arena financially, mm-hmm. the, num- the numbers just didn't work. We couldn't, we couldn't compete. And, you know, if you look at Pittsburgh and you look at its demographics, it's really not a three professional sports team town. And you look at cities like Fresno, Virginia Beach, uh, Tulsa, they're all bigger cities than Pittsburgh. But we're considered a major league town because we have three major league teams. And what doesn't come out in, in, you know, quantitative research is the depth of the affinity for sports that Pittsburghers have. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was, I took my son to, my son was born in Boston. So he thinks he's a a Red Sox fan. I mean, fortunately, he's a bit of a Patriots fan. Oh. And he only spent 18 months there. Oh, God. And, and, and I, I drew the line with the Bruins. We were standing in line. We were going to a World Series game, and, and there were two guys in front of us saying, you know, how, how much Boston is the best sports town in, in the country. And the one guy said the other one. He said, the only one that would be close would be Pittsburgh. And I, I, I elbowed my son and I said, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is probably the best sports town in the United States, definitely for its size. Yeah. And, and it's because uh, people here take their sports very seriously. And our fans, especially Penguin fans and Steeler fans and, and uh, Pirate fans, I mean, it, they, they are, they're not customers they're invested in our team. I mean, like you come here a Sunday after a Steeler loss, it's like the whole city's depressed. I mean, so if you recognize that as a management team and as an ownership team, that they're not just spending money with you, they're investing their heart and soul into, into what you're doing. Well said. Then you, you try a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. And they are depressed, and all you have to do is listen to the people that call us after the game. I'm still not over the Browns game. (laughs) I know. Anyways. (laughs) Hey, David, one quickie before we let you go, and we really appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I know people are asking because I get texts all the time about the big screen. It's not going to be there for the start of this, but do you anticipate that happening? 
I mean, if things are mo- keep moving in the direction they're moving, I keep seeing the, the Allegheny County numbers of new cases going down. The number of vaccinations are, you know, I think yesterday was like at 3,500 without, you know, less than 200 new cases. And as, as the vaccinations go up and the COVID cases go down, and as the CDC eases its restrictions, I, I can see that we'll definitely have the big screen out there. I mean, nice. Uh, I mean, we 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 experimented with putting it across the street. I said no, it goes right in that corner. Best People place. have to walk right through it to get to the gate, mm-hmm. and and that's where it's been from the beginning, and that's where it'll stay. Uh, so yeah, we'll. And I remember we used to get in trouble for that. Now every team in the league does it. Yeah. You remember very... NBC, NBC? Oh, they were livid. Yep. And, 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 and the league threatened to fine us. Right. When right. we were at Mellon Arena. And, you know, we, we had 30,000 people. If we'd have won in 16 or 17 in game five. Oh, that was oh. unreal. It was a sea I of mean, people. One day that's going to happen. humanity. Yeah. That, that, so, even those game sixes that we won. Look back at the footage of inside the arena. We were full completely. They were watching on a jumbotron. I mean, we we filled the whole house. <laughs> uh, and and so it's back to that depth of affinity for sports, and and Pittsburgh fans, you know, investing their heart and soul into the teams. Uh, we see it every day, and we appreciate it, and we feel like we're lucky. And uh, we should all, all, all of us in Pittsburgh feel like we're lucky to live here um, because we, we get this opportunity. And I, and I grew up watching the Steelers, and there's no better example of class, dignity, and uh, dedication to excellence than the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was fortunate enough to get to know Ambassador Rooney. And... Uh, and, and like I said, I, I just watched him while I was growing up. And when I was first introduced to him, I was introduced. Someone told him my mother was from the north side. And so every time he saw me, he said, there's the north side, Kitty. He, he just automatically <laughs> put me in the north side. <laughs> so, uh, all right. <laughs> but, but, you know, just watching that, I, I think we've all learned a lot from it. And uh, we're very fortunate to have partners like that in the city. Well, uh, you guys have done a wonderful job, and uh, it continues this uh, streak of excellence for 15 years. We hope it extends beyond that. And they got that. a shot here, Bob. Yeah, they, they do. Got I, a real I, shot I think at this. this team is now looked at. Uh, I heard a lot of co- Canadian commentators who said at the beginning they didn't expect this. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, well, I mean, you're no, going to get I know, that. I know. But that's that's also part of the achievement. This yep. this group has come together well. We hope it's a long uh, playoff run here, Dave, because it's going to be wonderful to watch it all uh, unfold as the weather Definitely. gets better and hopefully all of the uh, restrictions become less. So. Thank you so much for your time, man. It's, it was Thank really you, great Dave. talking to you. And we'll keep you informed as, as you know, we get information back from the state and the league. Uh, if, we, if we go to 100%, masks, no masks, all that stuff, we'll keep you informed and, and uh, happy to be on your show. Great talking to both of you guys. And let me know if, if you need anything else. All right, David. When Thank it's you all so over, much. we're going to break over a big new bottle of Cabernet and you're going to drink <laughs> wine. And it won't be a screw-off kind. It'll be kind of with a big corks, okay? Poor bag. <laughs> All, right, All right, thank you. You've been listening to the Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast. Hometown Roofing, put your trust in us. And powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Join us each week for another Hometown Roofing Pomp and Pony Podcast.